official Adam Sank Show merchandise at adamsank.com. T-shirts, tank tops, mugs, masks, just about everything you can think of emblazoned with the Adam Sank Show logo. Go to adamsank.com to order your merch today. Thank you. This is the Adam Sank Show. If it's in my hand, I'm gonna suck it. Powered by DNR Studios. And now... The one, the only, Adam Sank! Bottom. Woof woof, and welcome to the Adam Sank Show. We are not live, but it's a brand new episode. If you're listening at 11 a.m. Eastern, Saturday, September 25th, in the year of our Lord... 2021 at dnrstudios.com, the only place to hear this podcast throughout the week that it first airs. If you listen anyplace else, leave us your ratings and reviews on the audio platform you use. It's been several weeks since we've gotten a new review, and we would like one. Email me anything at adam at adamsank.com. Like the Facebook page, download the comedy albums, get your ass merch at adamsank.com. And please remember, you can call the ass hotline anytime you want. I love getting those voicemails. It's 804-TALK-ASS. Also, please... Please get vaccinated if you haven't already done so. If you have any doubts about the vaccine, talk to your doctor, the same doctor that you've trusted about everything else when it comes to medicine. You can trust him or her about this as well. Our guest today is, um, I'm excited about this one. This guy, you uh, saw him if you watched the latest season of American Idol. I get the season numbers confused because they started over again when they moved from Fox to ABC or vice versa. But I think it was season five, whatever the the one where Chase, uh, that hot straight guy Chase won. Anyway, his name is Tom McGovern. If you watched, he's the, the jingle guy. He's the king of the jingles. We'll be talking to him a little later in the hour. But first, everyone's favorite piglet is actually here as we start the show. It is Madame Moiselle Ryan Frostig, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, Ryan. It is I, Mademoiselle Ryan. <laughs> Sounding like Miss Piggy. Yeah, I'm always channeling her a little bit. Also Hi, with Adam. us is producer uh, JB Bercy, Queen of Fuckery. Hello, JB. Hello. We, uh, we're coming off an, uproar- an uproarious first hour that we just did with comedian <laughs> Drew Lausch, which the listeners got to hear last week. It was a joy. This is a really Drew's jam-packed episode. He's the best guest. Like, just He's the best guest. He's just like a, a ball of light delightful human being yes um one of the questions i asked him during ask me no questions was like what's the strangest dick you've ever seen and we actually talked about this a few weeks back ryan you described it as spook dick when someone sends you a picture of like a really spooky looking dick yeah is there music playing are you listening to music during the show jb no don't ask that question. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry if we're not interesting enough no, to keep your full attention. Just some ambiance. It's not that. It's just, no reason. Just no. I, I just want to jam. I just want to work and jam at the okay. same time. I can still hear it. Okay. Anyway, um, I have a, I Wait. Yes. So tell us, uh, because we have a story about this, but tell me the uh, strangest dick you've ever encountered. Well, I just want to say something. I have had for a long time you know weird feelings about like and we've talked about this before but like i i don't have a lot a ton of experience with uncut dicks believe it or not Mm -hmm. like for even though i have literally had what feels like thousands of dicks there have only been so many uncut right and i've always had like these feelings that i know aren't right but i'm always just like oh that like it, it doesn't look right to me because it's not something i'm used to seeing but last week in my gangbang well, not last week, but whenever that was. Yes, two weeks ago. I um, I had an experience with an uncut dick that looked a little spooky to me at first, but then when I really like gave it a chance and like you know got to know it a little bit better, I was unspooked. Hmm. And so, um, well, the, that makes sense. The, the things mo- the more yeah. we get used to things, the less strange they seem to us. But but to answer the question, the spookiest dick I've ever seen was a really thick dick with a really small head. Uh, I've seen that. It is so weird to me. And it does not feel... It feels okay, but it feels like a cone is going in your ass. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, actually, a cone is better. A cone starts out thin and then gradually gets wider until you get to the base. And and that actually can feel good. I call that Christmas tree dick. 
And I've been with someone who had that. But what no, you're I'm, talking yeah. about is when it's fat all the way to the top, the yes. top, but then there's this little tiny head. Yes. That is difficult to take. Well, it just and, and, it, and it doesn't look great. It doesn't look great, and that's the only thing I can say about it. It doesn't look great to me, but it might feel great. Who knows? Uh, JB, no, I'm no. I haven't run into any spooky dick. You're lucky. Yeah, every dick that I've run into, I've said yes to, and I've seen prior. So say yes to the dick. Say yes to the dick. Yeah, it's a new reality show with JB coming I soon mean, to I, the DNR Network. Like, yeah, I've never run into even smelly penises because, like, they're all men. Oh, I've had it's smelly. Been, it's been my great luck that they've been clean. That is lucky. Yeah. That's why I have such a fear of uncut dick. And, and one, my usual disclaimer, uncut dick is normal. It's healthy. It's the way most men are. I get it. I, I just don't like them. And one of the reasons why is because I have had bad experiences with um, smelly and tasting foreskin even if the guy was really clean and hygienic it just after a few hours it, it builds up but anyway um yeah the strangest one i ever had is similar to what drew was describing it was this guy whose dick looked like gonzo's nose and it actually curled under that's right ryan's pantomiming it well exactly like gonzo's exactly nose. like like if you chopped gonzo's nose off and attached it to someone's lower pelvis with balls that's what it looked like and there was just nothing that could be done with it i mean you can't suck that dick you can't get fucked by that dick it's even hard to jerk off um yeah because it's like a it's an umbrella handle yeah how, how are you i mean i guess you know if you could do dick doggy style is an umbrella handle. Stick in the air and he's just kind of dropping it into you <laughs> The dropping in. Yeah. I wish, you guys could, I wish we had video right now because JB's got his hands in the air. It's like Mary he's Poppins. like slowly yeah, Mary lowering Poppins himself in. down on the gonzo dick. Well, no, you need an upside down gonzo for sure. Yeah. If you're going to have gonzo, it, it, I mean, I guess you could face the other way. You could ride him reverse cowgirl and do it that way. Sure. But in any case, uh, the reason I bring this up is because our top story is actually a medical story. For the first time in known medical history, a baby boy has been born with three penises. Wow. The child uh, presented with what's called supernumerary penises. This is actually a known condition, but usually it means having two. Um, this caught the attention of medical experts as the first known case of trifalia, which is also my new drag name. Please welcome to the stage. Try value. Supernumerary penises is an extremely rare congenital urogenital anomaly, which was first reported in 1609. Uh, after that, around 100 cases of diphalia, diphalia are reported in the literature. Duplication of the penis or diphalia is reported to affect one in every five to six million live births. Um, say the authors of a paper uh, published in the International Journal, <laughs> Journal of Surgery Case Reports. The child was brought to the attention of surgeons at three months old after the parents noticed, this is a little hard to listen to, after the parents noticed some swelling of the scrotum alongside the strange pro protrusions that resembled small penises. An examination highlighted a hydrocele which is a collection of fluid surrounding the testicle, as well as two extra projections. One extended from the root of the original penis and had a glands, which is the structure at the top of the penis, while the other was below the scrotum. In these cases, it's important to consider not only the health of the patient, but also ethical considerations. Uh, but you don't want to do anything that's going to hurt the, the, the patient or affect their sex life negatively in the future. So after consulting with a variety of health experts, the child underwent surgery to remove the hydrocele and the two extra penises. This required, you know, specialized surgeons. It's a very, very difficult process, but the surgery was a success. The child had no adverse effects after a one-year follow-up. Um, now, I'm reading this and it says, so again, this is the first time that a, that a baby had three penises, but having two is a known condition known as diphalia. And there, there's one Reddit user who has become sort of internet famous because of his two dicks. He calls himself Double Dick Dude. 
And he took the internet by storm years ago after hosting an Ask Me Anything session on Reddit and told the world about his unusual life. Um, Double Dick Dude went on to write a book that's available on Amazon, and he continues, he continues to be a fascinating internet personality. So, of course, I went straight to Twitter. I found Double Dick Dude. He's got about 25,000 followers. Uh, there are pictures of his two penises. They are identical. They literally just look like two penises growing out of the spot where you would expect one to be. They're both uncut. Um, he seems like he has a good sense of humor about himself and life in general. Of course, I reached out to book him for the ads. There's been no response yet. But I will warn you, if you go to his Twitter, he seems to have a he, – he's either gay or bisexual, and he seems to have a fascination with gaping assholes. Mm. There's a lot of pictures of very gaping assholes where things that are usually on the inside are outside. Mm -hmm. And that's not my jam. No. I don't like looking at those pictures. So just be warned that more than pictures of his own by dick, he posts a lot of that. I, Ryan, um, you say what? Well, I just – this is more about what you just said about the fisting – or sorry, about gaping, which reminded me about like a moment in time where I was like really into fisting. And now I'm not. Just at, You've at all. passed that I've moment. I've completely passed it. Like it really was just like a, a phase. But yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. My, my in my mind, I'm thinking like Medusa dick, like just like dicks, just like <laughs> <laughs> like the snakes around her head. Yeah, but like around you know his his uh, crotch. Um, I, yeah. Uh, this is this is very. Um, I'm just only. I can only think about it from like a like what would I do with three dicks right. point of right. view. Like, right. Although I, you know, I don't even know if, if I actually like was with someone that had this situation going on. I don't even know like if I could wrap my mind around it in the moment to like go for. You know, I'm I'm very curious. Well, that's the thing. I think I think this guy must get all kinds of action. Absolutely, there are so many people out there who just want to be with something new and freaky. Yes, I'm not that person. I am very traditional. About what I find appealing. But there's a lot of kinky people out there that are like, two dicks, I got to have that. Yeah. Or three dicks. In the case of the, the three dick baby, he only has one now. But by dick dude is is very proud. I mean, he, he talks about wearing jock straps where there's one dick coming down one side and one dick coming down the mm. other. The jock strap is just holding in his balls. Wow. It's pretty wild. It is wild. What a, what a time to be alive. So if I hear back from him, I will be sure to have him on the show. But what a um, what a fascinating species human beings are. You know that we yeah. there's so much diversity that we don't even think about. Sure. Um, obviously, a lot of children, a lot of babies are born intersex, mm -hmm. um, and this is sort of another variation of that. You know, it's like not all genitals look exactly as we expect them to look. Yeah. Uh, and you just. Find a way to live with it, and you yeah. t you maximize it to your advantage, as this guy has. He's got two books out now, actually. Wow. So inspiring, Adam. I know. Uh, meanwhile, this is a story that has nothing to do with sex or dick, but I thought it was important for our listeners to know. It was in the New York Times, and it's about a new study that has found the exact right amount of exercise for a healthy life. Hmm. This is something people have been wondering about for many years. Uh, the study finds that to increase our chances for a long life, we should be taking at least 7,000 steps a day. Oh, my goodness. Um, or, yeah. and or playing sports like tennis, cycling, swimming, jogging, or badminton. Who the fuck plays badminton? Uh, for more than two and a half hours a week. I like badminton. But here's what's interesting. It's not at least 7,000, period. It's... 7,000 to 10,000, because after 10,000, not only do, do uh, participants in the study seem to lose their advantage of living longer, but they might actually be doing harm to themselves. In other words, too much exercise can actually be a bad thing. Wow. There was a point of diminishing returns, said one of the researchers. This was at the University of Massachusetts, Amherst. Uh, people taking more than 10,000 steps per day rarely outlived those taking between seven and 10,000. 
both there were two studies and they both pinpointed a sweet spot for activity and longevity at somewhere around 7000 to 8000 daily steps or about 30 to 45 minutes of exercise most days. So these people that you see at the gym killing themselves, you know, working out 4 or 5 hours a day every day are not necessarily doing themselves good and they could be doing themselves harm. Do you want to know how many steps? I do and then I'll tell you mine cuz okay. I actually looked this up on my phone. So um, in in August, from August 29th, in, in the month of August, um, my average was 14,321 per day. Wow. Yeah. That's twice as many as you should be doing. Yeah. But that's because like... Is that because you're biking? Um, no, it's because I walk Bodhi. Um, well, it's it's changed a little bit now that I'm going back to work all the time in the office. But I, when I walked into daycare... It's a mile each way. And that's just one walk of the day for him. Like, that doesn't include, like, the night walk, the morning walk. That's just, like, getting to school. So, like, yeah, I mean, and that's kind of been the way it, it's been since we got him. Like, I just, I'm probably doing damage to my feet. Yeah, I would say so. I hope you're wearing uh, good shoes. What is What are good shoes, honestly? I'm, like, trying to figure that out. So Friday was a very slow day for me because I, I I didn't tell you this, but I got a shingles vaccine on Thursday because mm. I'm old as fuck and it's have time seen for me to get vaccinated. Yes, I shingles have. Shingles say what? <laughs> yeah. That's so dumb. They warned me that it, it was from Tom and Tom warned me that I might have side effects. It knocked me on my ass. I felt like I had the flu all day yesterday. Oh my God. So on a slow day, I walked 7,379 steps. That was basically just walking weighty four times. But on Thursday, which was a more normal day, I walked 15,000 because I biked a lot. Yeah. Um, I I tend to get about eight or nine thousand a day. That's what it looks like. So I'm in my I'm in the sweet spot. JB, do you care to share? Um, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. moving on then. Uh, <laughs> wait, where was I? Where's the rest of the stories? Where are my stories? Okay. Ryan, this story is dedicated to you. Ooh. A new species of rainbow fly has been named after RuPaul. Fly, 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 fly. Uh-oh. <laughs> Ryan, can you get that? Yeah. The fly is native to Australia. Its full name is Opaluma RuPaul. Australia's National Science Agency says the insect forms part of the new Australian genus Opaluma. It uh, reflects which reflects the iridescent colors of flies in this group and the distinctive thorn on the underside of their abdomens. This was named by an openly gay scientist named Dr. Brian Lassard. He has now named around 50 insects, beginning with a fly named after Beyonce. The fly was called Scaptia Beyoncea, and he named that... JP's <laughs> laughing. He named the fly that in 2011. Uh, Lassard says that using pop culture references can help raise awareness around insect species, which are crucial to the ecosystem. He told The Guardian that wildfires and other disasters have often focused attention on cute and cuddly animals like koalas, but insects are just as important. Quote, there's a new wave of entomologists using pop culture to generate interest in our science and what we do, which is really exciting. He said he wanted to inspire LGBTQ fans of nature and science to get involved. As a gay scientist, it took me a long time to feel comfortable in my own skin in a traditional field of science and entomology. I think it's important for the next generation of queer scientists to know that they're being represented in the workplace uh, as we give the names of legends in the community to memorable species. No, nope, nope, no. What's no. wrong with this? Okay, so here's, here's my problem with this. Like, okay, animal species, fine, but you're naming insects, shit covered in flies... Flies are important, really. Flies, those little annoying little fuckers who are everywhere, they're important. Really? Spiders? No. Fuck that shit. Okay, uh, first don't... of all, it's a rainbow fly. It's really beautiful. Oh, and second of all, it's yes, they, they are part of the food chain. They're part of, of our world. We can't, We need insects. So the bats can eat? Sure, yeah. But, girl... Everything's there for a reason. You missed the part, um, Ryan, where he also named a fly after Beyonce. Oh, oh, that's that's my whole thing. Scaptia Beyoncea. Mm. He says, I was watching a lot of RuPaul's Drag Race while examining the species, and I knew it would challenge RuPaul on the runway, serving fierce looks. RuPaul has not commented 
on his new namesake, but he did retweet news of the naming of the flag. Can you shut my dog up, please? Um, meanwhile, this is another story for Ryan. Jeffrey Boyer Chapman. Oh, oh my God. What the fuck was that? I have no idea. Stop. I was trying to stop. A blood curdling scream that she just gave out. Hi, we're having a little bit of uh, activity because our guest just showed up. Ha have a seat there, Tom. We'll be talking to you in a few. Um, Jeffrey Boyer Chapman, Ryan, is revealing his experience with racism stemming from when he was a judge on Canada's drag race. Oh, right. Oh, that was that was rough. He's alleging racism uh, from the Canadian drag race producers as well as a toxic fan base that rocked him to his core and prompted his abrupt exit from the program. I remember at the time you, I think, telling me on the show yeah. that the, the fandom were just vicious to him. Yes. And were attacking everything he said and did on that show, and I couldn't understand it because he seemed fairly innocuous to me, and his comments seemed fairly innocuous. Anyway, he was one of the permanent judges on uh, the first season of uh, Canada Drag Race, he exited the job prior to season two, citing scheduling conflicts, but he now tells The Hollywood Reporter that American producers who he had a relationship with convinced him to accept uh, the job as a judge on the Canadian show. But then once he got there, there were Canadian producers who treated him very differently. Mm. It, I'm not going to read this whole thing because it's very long, but basically... They wanted him to be the sassy black judge. Yeah. They wanted him to be really salty in his comments, which is not his personality. Mm -hmm. And they were all wearing earpieces, the judges, wearing IFBs, and the producers were like whispering in their ears, like, say this, say that, and en encouraging them to be very negative mm -hmm. and critical in their comments. Um, one of the things for which fans attacked him was this exchange he had with a contestant named Jimbo. Mm -hmm. Now, I remember this exchange, and I still don't see what Jeffrey Boyer Chapman said that was so outrageous or so cruel. But anyway, here's the clip. Your face is beat, your chest is beat, but your arms and your hands are a different color. You didn't even touch them with your makeup, and that just drives me nuts because it completely takes me out of the illusion and the fantasy immediately. Very limited amount of time to construct these looks, paint our faces, prepare. I hear you, girl. Everyone gets the same amount of time. Use it better, maybe. Now, I feel like that's something Michelle Visage would have said, and no one would have given her any shit for it. What was the problem, Ryan? Well, I, first of all, <clears throat> I do think it's interesting to hear about this, the different producers, because that's just the, the, the it, did, it, didn't, it didn't feel authentic. It felt like he wasn't being his true self he was playing it up for the camera for the show um i feel like because this is someone that doesn't have a background in drag you know michelle visage is on a drag queen but she came up in the ballroom scene you know she has been rupaul's number two for 30 years when it comes from her it's coming from someone that like knows drag understands drag as far as jeffrey boyer chapman like he's an actor you know he doesn't have he doesn't have the experience, I think, to back up the kind of critiques that he's giving. He wasn't wrong in that case, though. Jimbo, Jimbo's face and neck were like white, white, and arms and hands were regular skin color. It was a valid critique. It's true, but I, and this is something that I have personally learned over the years, because, you know, back in the day, I used to love to share all of my feelings about Drag Race, but the reality is, is I'm not a drag queen. I've never been in drag I can't necessarily, you can critique, you know, like for, you can critique the TV show, but as far as like the queens themselves, like if you've never been in drag, you literally have no idea what you're talking about. Like you, you, you can critique from a point of view of like, I understand style, I, you know, like Carson Kressley, he has a background in style, but like, I feel so conflicted about this because on one hand, I'm like, it is the fan base is racist the fan base is toxic and it's unfortunate that he felt um sort of like exiled from this from this world from the drag race kingdom um because this was the job he was hired to do and he was doing what was being asked of him like it shouldn't be this way but there i feel 
when I especially when I listen back to that clip, I there there is a feeling of like this isn't coming from a place of I'm trying to help you. It's coming from a place of I'm playing up this this uh this judge like persona, persona. Yeah. which again he was being told to of course, do right so it, it it's it sucks i have a question what what does rupaul have to say about this so good question so he reached out to rupaul uh when he was going through all this hate from the fandom and rupaul actually i'm sorry rupaul reached out to him and he advised boyer chapman to leave twitter mm-hmm. and just not even engage uh, Boyer Chapman said, Rupal and I had conversations about his experience in the world and this industry as a black queer man, as a drag queen, all of the hate and trolling and vitriol he's experienced his entire life. And it's really heartbreaking, but he's experienced it for so many years and he's so clear headed about it. He has learned not to take it personally. Still, when season two of Canada's Drag Race rolled around, Boyer Chapman opted to leave to accept a role on another series, though not before he called a lot of attention to the bullshit that occurred behind the scenes and the stuff that happened online and their inaction. Um, He says the lesson is clear. This is what happens when it's only white cisgender people behind the scenes making decisions. Uh, He can now be seen on a new Disney Plus sitcom, Doogie Kamealoha, MD, which is the updated Doogie Hauser oh about this 16-year-old Hawaiian girl who um, finishes medical school and becomes a doctor. And she's like the new Doogie Hauser. So he's on that show now. I, I, I just want to say, you know, like I, that I'm happy for him. It sounds like he's back um, in a job where he's qualified and that's very exciting. Um, I do think we need to see more drag queens on the judges panel, especially like as permanent judges who are supposed to not only judge, but sort of like be the RuPaul of whatever franchise. You know what I mean? Like, the, well, that was what Brooklyn Heights was supposed to be. No, but okay. that's what the three of them were supposed to be, and that's what that's another thing that was weird. That that show, that franchise, they had guest hosts, but then they had three judges. What were you gonna say, JB? Okay, so. I understand your point about having more drag queens, but that's not the issue. The issues is what he said. There's not enough colored people in the production room True. making these choices. Because as you just said, he had people whispering in his ear, telling him what to do. The manager was just doing a job. Yeah, he's getting blamed for doing a job. I don't care what your what your reason is. He's being told what to do. I agree. By these people and like for the fandom to come at them man, is all bullshit. It is racist and it's real fucked up. Yeah, completely. Like, I I. I can't fault this man at all because, again, he's just doing his job. I mean, I have a lot of black comedian friends who have done various jobs over the years where they were told, like, we need you to sound a little yeah, more black. Right. We right. need you to jazz it How up. to we act need, black. What does we that need, mean? Right. right. We, we need you to do this. We need you to do that. And it puts the performer in a really uncomfortable position because you want to make – the producer's happy. You want to give them what they're asking for. But if it doesn't feel authentic to you, yeah. then it's not going to come across as authentic. I, for me, that whole show sucked. The entire s- season was terrible. Yeah, it was. And I couldn't put my finger on why. It just didn't feel right. And it was I also think it was the f- poorly produced. Yeah, it was all, It was the first season. And yeah, I, I guess my, my point is like, I agree it was treated wrong. The, it, there needs to be more representation. But I also feel like him being him being in that role to begin with was a mistake. Right. Period. All right. Well, let's He was m- being set up to fail. Let's move on. Yes. Because we have a story about uh let's skip this lesbian who was turned away from a club because they didn't think she was a lesbian. I'll just show you the picture. I get it. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> she really She looks very straight. Yeah, and she and her girlfriend were turned away from Heaven Nightclub because they it was like uh, I think it was Pride, and they were packed, and they were like, "We're sorry, we're only letting gay people in tonight." Oh my god! And so they complained, and the club apologized. But like you know, maybe wear something that doesn't make you look like a sorority girl. Yeah, <laughs> that's how I'm saying. Um, okay, was queer Marvel TV canceled because it was too gay? I, I don't know why JB just got up because I wanted him to hear this story. Marvel superhero sitcom New Warriors was dropped because bosses thought it was too gay, according to the showrunner. The live-action series set in the Marvel universe was greenlit in 2017 by Disney's uh, Freeform, 
and went as far as casting main characters and filming a pilot. Its stars were billed as six superpowered young people with abilities very different from the Avengers who want to make a positive impact in the world. The show promised the debut of Squirrel Girl, Mr. Immortal, Night Thrasher, that would be my character's name, Speedball, <laughs> Microbe, and Debris. Despite the pilot's positive response at test screenings, Freeform dropped the new warrior, stating there wasn't enough room on the schedule. But the showrunner, Kevin Beagle, says the real reason it was dropped was because it was too gay. Quote, there's a show we wrote. It was proudly gay. A singular power that be killed the show. A singular power that be, as in the powers that be, killed the show because it was too gay. A rich, straight Brentwood turd. He got fired for being vile at his company. We, on the other hand, live hashtag new warriors. So who knows? Pink News reached out to Marvel. A spokesperson said Beagle's claims were not accurate and that Marvel was fully supportive of the show. Quote, after the originally planned network decided not to move forward, other distributors passed and the show did not move forward. In other words, they're saying it just wasn't a great show and that's why we dropped it. But it's a shame because it would have been cool to have... Gay Marvel superheroes. Yeah. I just dropped everything. Oopsie. Um, all right, let's do our Pride Roundup. Hit it, JB. There are so many Pride celebrations happening this week, and there were actually more than I'm about to tell you about, but I checked the website of every single one, and I am only doing the ones that haven't been canceled due to COVID. So here we go. can turn down the music just a little bit, JB. Today's the last day of Ibiza Gay Pride, and you have to say it like that. Ibiza. Kentucky Black Pride is happening today. Belgian Pride today through September 26th. It is Chester Pride in the UK. Motor City Pride today and tomorrow in Detroit. And it is Detroit, by the way. Not Detroit. Not Detroit. Yes, because I went to Michigan and that's how they say it. Detroit. Malta Pride ends tomorrow. Shout out to our friend Justin, who's from Malta. Miami Beach Pride ends tomorrow. Black Pride Weekend in Dallas is coming up September 24th through 26th. Birmingham Pride UK is September 25th through 27th. The Blue Ridge Pride Festival in Asheville, North Carolina happens September 25th. And finally, September 25th is Pride in Surrey, UK, which always reminds me of that episode of Frasier where they do a radio play and Gil keeps saying... I have found memories of my boyhood home in Surrey. <laughs> so happy Pride, Surrey, and all you other places. Stay safe. Get vaccinated. Wear your masks. Take your prep, etc. Okay, our guest today has made a huge splash in the world of American Idol. He was featured on the latest season and uh, was a fan favorite, even though he was turned away by the judges after his audition. He is a singer, songwriter, actor, comedian, and jingle writer who returned to the Idol stage for the finale. Take a listen to that appearance. My name is Tom McGovern. I auditioned early on. I wrote a jingle for the judges, but they said I had to go. While I was stuck at home, I wrote another little song To try to summarize the season on the show Season four was full of magic with a pirate and a viking And a leprechaun that wore his favorite suit Sorry, Ryan We had Tinkerbell and Stamos and that speedo was exciting Plus the walking empanada, Latin Luke we heard duets that blew the wig off Katie's head, they let it rip. Luke got COVID, Paula saved the day and stepped in for a bit. We saw Lionel in 180 while he had to quarantine. And this year's idols might have been the best we've ever seen. Murphy left too soon. But that's how the cards were dealt One look at Chase and now my heart beats In a way I've never felt yep. And although it hit him hard We fell in love when Hunter cried Arthur played the comeback kid And took us by surprise It's the moment we've been waiting for The finale has arrived If that was season four Then I can't wait for season five and joining us here in studio, please give a warm-ass welcome to Tom McGovern. Wow. Tom. Adam. It's great having you here. I'm, I'm happy that I made it. I'm Thank happy you for that I made coming it. in. 
I'm sorry I gave you the wrong time on, on the email. You were very confused. Tell you what, it gave me a lot of time to ride the train for the first time in two years. Oh, wow, really? And can you believe it? Because yeah. of COVID? Because of COVID, yeah. How was it? Uh, it, it was... It was like 30% sweatier than it was without masks. Yeah. Because now you're like, you know. The platform is tough. The platform's tough. Yeah. yeah. You, get, you get that hot New York fan air, <laughs> and then you're also breathing in your own air. So but then you get on the subway and it's air conditioned. And so it's fine. a bit of a relief. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I'm glad that you made it. Thank you. As far as I was concerned, you were the highlight of that finale. That is, that's high phrase. Thank I, you for saying I that. I loved it. I love that song, and I reached out to you immediately. And I never understood why they didn't put you through. And my theory is, tell me what you think yep. of this. If you hadn't ever mentioned the jingles, if you had just come in and auditioned with, let's say, a pop song cover mm -hmm. and not told them you were a jingle writer, they would have put you right through. But they, there was something about the fact that, that you told them you were a jingle writer and this was a jingle you had written about them that they thought it was gimmicky and Katie made her like cunty comment about like, oh, well, if this was a jingle show, you'd win it, but right. it's American Idol. Right, right, right. What do you think? I honestly, um, and I'm not even fishing for a compliment, I have never considered myself a vocalist first. I, I'm a jack of all trades. I'm, I'm good at a lot, but I don't think that I'm very good at, at one particular thing, be it piano, guitar, vocals, whatnot. So I honestly don't think that I would have the vocal integrity to compete with any of the singers that made it to the, the top four this year, or really any past years. I disagree. Um, well, thank you. And, and again, I'm, I'm really not just saying that. And it, it's... I think that it was also a combination of like the reality show element, especially with American Idol. They love a story and they love an arc and they love a sob story. And I have lived a, a very, very privileged life. You had no sob story. I've, I don't have a sob story and I feel like a dickhead even saying that, but like it's okay, true. And so, but not all those finalists had. The, remember the girl from Arkansas, the hair model? Yeah. She had a pretty easy life too. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. They weren't all. I they mean, I get what you're saying, right. but I think, first of all, just from that performance we just heard, you have a beautiful voice. Thank you. And you're like a real musician, which is something they look for now. Totally. Totally. <clears throat> and a singer songwriter. What made you want to audition for Idol, particularly if you don't think of yourself as as the world's greatest singer? Yeah, it's kind of exactly that, actually. I had never considered pursuing an audition on my own, uh, like uh, you know, I, and had never considered going for it because I don't consider myself a vocalist. Idol had reached out to me because they had seen a TikTok that I had posted, uh -huh. uh, the Shut the Fuck Up and Put on a Mask song that did well on TikTok, and the casting director... Uh, I have to tell this little story, if you don't mind, because I, I think it's kind of funny. So the casting director, her name is Ariel, and she's a sweetheart. She's awesome. Uh, she was living with her dad in Jersey at the time. She lives in California, but for a couple months during COVID, she was living with her dad. And her dad is partially deaf in one ear, and he loves TikTok. So he always would fall asleep on the couch with TikToks at full volume, you just fall asleep watching TikTok. This is like my friend Walt. Okay. This is what he does every night. Amazing. Too. So Walt and Ariel's dad have this in common. And, you know, if you stay on a TikTok, it loops and loops forever. And right. he happened to fall asleep watching my Shut the Fuck Up and Put on a Mask song. And so Ariel was upstairs and she was like, what the hell what am I listening is this to? annoying ass song? Let me go downstairs and check it out. And she saw it and she thought it was really funny. So she sent it to the executive producers. They had already seen the TikTok on their own time. And they said, hey, let's get this dude in. Let's see if he wants to audition. So she emailed me. Again, I had never considered Idol to be an option. She was like, hey, we think you'd be a great fit for the show because you're, you know, you're a musician, you're a comedian. It could be fun, uh, especially in the year of COVID, to have something more lighthearted. So I said, yeah. And so I, I brought in three pop covers, actually, and auditioned. And they were like, great, this is awesome. I moved on to the story producer. We chatted for about 45 minutes about my story, things that I have to offer. The jingles came up, and I guess, like you said, they kind of saw this as like a gimmicky, fun thing that they were able to use, and we kind of ran with it. And what was interesting about the initial audition, you had showed the, the clip from the finale. You played the clip from the finale, but the initial audition, they cut it down to about two and a half minutes, but I was in the room for like 17 or 18 minutes. Sure. Yeah, and casting was like, that was one of the longest auditions we've ever had. It was so fun. Like, you crushed it, and then, you know, they cut it down, and they put, like, the derpy pizzicato string music underneath <laughs> it to make me look like, you know, 
a scrub. But and, did, and I can't remember. Did all three of them vote no? All three of them voted no. Yeah, yeah. I just think it's such bullshit. Yeah. I really do. I mean, if for no other reason they could have kept you on through Hollywood Week just because you were like entertaining and yeah. cute and you know funny. Uh, so what was your TikTok? Your TikTok following prior to the show must have been substantial. It w- it wasn't bad. Yeah, I mean in in quarantine, I kind of found a nice flow making these short form comedy videos. I think Ryan's locked out again. JB, do you mind? Oh, no. Today it's just been endless dog barking. Yeah. Like, what, that's what's the, the puppy's problem? name again? Lady. Lady. That's the only problem with having studio guests is that she yeah. barks every time. But you also have a studio dog, which is the dream. Well, she's my dog. She's, oh, she's your she dog. She lives with me. Oh. She's not in the studio. Um, so, like, what was your TikTok following before? Like, what, what, how many? How many? fans are we talking before you before you ever go on idol before idol it, it was probably lady lady um i want to say it was like 150,000 maybe substantial 60,000 yeah not bad and not that bad. was based uh, what, had you done anything be- i mean i you know you've done a lot of things had what had been the thing that sort of got you that many or was it just that you were really good at tiktok it was it was the videos themselves yeah it was uh, i just had a couple that had really popped off the f- the first of which was the shut the fuck up and put on a mask song which is around june 2020 when i think a lot of us on both sides of the aisle were just like hey shut the fuck up and just wear this thing it's not that hard and i was i just kind of channeled that frustration into this dumb fun little song and it, and it popped off when they turned you away after your audition did they did the producers give you any indication that like hey we have this idea <clears throat> we're gonna bring you back for the finale not at all no so when did you hear about that i so i auditioned in october 2020 and i got a call it aired in in february i think and then i got a call in may um i think that's the timeline of it i got a call around may and then they flew me out uh two weeks after i got the call uh and, and had you been watching? No. <laughs> no, I had not. Because <laughs> you were like, fuck you. I was like, fuck these you guys. Didn't want me. They gave me the pizzicato string music. I'm not going to stick around for this. There's no reason. <laughs> How does that music go? It's just like, you know, like something something ridiculous and something that off kilter is happening. This guy is a is a fool. It's a nut job. Which is fine. And honestly, like, I can't talk bad about the experience because everyone on the staff, everyone in the production, very nice people. And the producer that called me even prefaced the call with like, listen, if you don't hate us after how your initial audition was aired, we would love to have you back to try this thing if you're down to try it. So, And that's it. And then you, so then you had to go back and watch. So, you know, it's funny. I didn't watch. They sent me 40 bullet points. And they're oh, like, wow. you, have an, you have 90 seconds to fit as many of these as you can. Here they are in priority order. Try to touch on these. And uh, they gave me essentially nine days to to try to map this song out and it, it all right i'm out. fascinated by this because i'm a i'm a writer so Great. when they send you the bullet points does it say ryan the leprechaun or does it just say ryan wears a green suit it said how specific was it so they gave me uh specific things um and they gave me the, the umbrella of something with like a magical vibe because there was the Tinkerbell element where Katy Perry dressed up as Tinkerbell. There was someone there was that- There was a Disney thing There was a too. Disney thing, yeah. yeah. And uh, there was like a, a guy that was dressed as a Viking. And then there was a, a girl that had an eye patch over her eye. Uh, and so I like kind of chose those tropes. And I was like, oh, he's in a green suit. He, he could be the leprechaun. And they asked me to poke fun at Ryan Seacrest in some way. Right. So I was like, this, that's, you know. I would love this assignment. It's fun. I really think fun. you knocked it out of the park. Thank you. Thanks. So I'm going to get personal here. Yeah. When I heard the line, one look at Chase, and now my heart beats in a way I've never felt, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, he's gay. But you're not gay. <laughs> I'm not gay. No. What was that about? They had just, they told me specifically, Chase is the heartthrob. Yes. We need, we need to, like, gas Chase up, drop some sort of line about how people are in love with him. And so that was, you know, that was what that was. Do you but. think a lot of people interpreted it as I did. And then I was like, Oh, he's coming out. There's a chance that's happened to me since I was in high school. So (laughs) (laughs) that would, that that's like in the order of, of what we'd expect. Uh, Yeah. When I booked you, I was like, Oh my God, I'm booking this gay guy for the show. He's so funny. And he's so talented. Then I saw that you had like a partner who was female. Yeah. 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 Uh, Are you married? No, no, we're not married. We've been together for about three, three and a half years. Okay. And, uh, She's just the most badass human being that I know. She's playing Elphaba on the national tour of Wicked right now. Oh, my God. Yeah. 
It's crazy. Speaking of national tours, did I read yeah. that you were in the national tour of once? I was, yeah. It was, uh, it was the non-act tour in 2016. And you were? I was a swing. And the dance captain, which is hilarious because if you know me at all, I just that's, I don't dance. So you know what? You're one of those people who are like, I don't really sing. I don't really dance. But like, actually, you're great at everything. But it's, it comes from a place of like, especially being in New York, we're, we're surrounded by really stunning talent all the time. And I have been lucky enough to share the stage with some people that I see perform. And I'm like, this is your destiny. I'm seeing you do this. And like, this is what you're meant to do. And I have a lot of fun and I enjoy playing music and writing songs and doing these things. But when I see Talia sing The Wizard and I, I'm in the audience and I'm like, this is, I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. I'm like, this is what you are meant to do with your life. Mm. And I don't feel that way about myself in a musical theater context. So what were you meant to do with your life? I honestly think the, the closest thing that I've found thus far, and it's really only been within the past two years, are making these really silly short form songs. Musical comedy is what I feel most comfortable doing. It's where I feel most at home. And it's what I feel uh, most natural creating. Um, so I, I think something in that vein, I'm still kind of figuring it out, but this feels the best that it ever has. And how old are you? 29. I just think you're good at so many different things. I mean, by all means, you should pursue what, what you just said, because Thanks. that's the thing that feels right for you. But I, I, I think that there's so many different uh, lanes you could go into and be successful at. Uh, and you play how many instruments? I'm comfortable on, on five. On like all, all the gar the garage band instruments I can hold. Don't down, you hate him? <laughs> it's a great problem to have. You it's know, a good just problem. to have so many skills. Yeah. Well, it's it's well, honestly, it's like I kind of shoot myself in the foot sometimes. To your to your point, because I do feel like there are many directions that I could go. Yeah. But I've felt that way for a few years, and in in thinking, in staying in that headspace, I I don't feel like I've made as much progress on mm. any of those roads as I could have if I was just like, fuck it, this is where I'm going. It's you almost know? like it'd be easier if you were only good at one thing. Exactly. Then you'd be like, oh, this is, this the is thing. my thing. Yeah. But if you're you know, a lot of things, then you're just like... There's a lot that I love. Yeah. Well, but also these days, there's this thing of like, it's not even what you're best at. It's what's going to get you the most hits and right. the most followers. It's and true. you clearly have happened on to that with TikTok and with these um, these music and these comedy videos. Yeah. yeah. What was your training? What, what were you... Uh, ed what's your education background? So I, I graduated from Temple University with a BA in acting. Um, and then everything musical is self-taught. So I, I just grew up with a circle of like six or seven guys. And we, after school every day in middle school, we'd go back to my buddy's uh, Nick's house. And Nick had a full setup in his basement. This was where? This is in Allentown, New Jersey. Mm -hmm. Good old Allentown. Not PA. A lot of people are like, oh, Billy Joel, Allentown. No, like, no wrong, Allentown. wrong Allentown. Mm -hmm. Wrong one. Mm -hmm. Uh, so we'd go back to Nick's after school and we would just like mess around and play covers and we kind of all taught each other guitar, bass, drums, and and we'd mess around. And then uh, I stuck with that through college and uh, yeah, we just self-taught on all of it. So, you said circle of seven guys. <laughs> yeah, I know. Mess around. I was about like, to, not, no, I, wa I wanted to wheel it back and comment on that. Yeah. Sure, yeah. <laughs> we'd all go to Nick's. Ryan was also in a circle of guys lately, but it was not. <laughs> that would mess around. Different circumstances. Yeah, different, in, in a basement. Yeah, different circumstances. <laughs> so did you have any vocal training? No, I have no formal vocal training. And that's also, you know, it's another thing where I'm like, one of these days I just got to fucking get into some lessons I could, yeah because you clearly have a natural gift for singing thank you you can sing very well yeah and you have a lovely tone uh what about are you interested in writing songs like serious songs for other artists is that something you would want to do my mom asks me that question all the time adam because <laughs> that's where the money is <laughs> that's where the money is you know, I'm actually, I'm moving to LA in a week and a half. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, which is, I'm super excited oh, about. Oh, wow. Congrats. We got you yeah, right thanks. before you. Literally uh, before I go, yeah. I drive, I start driving on the 27th. I'm doing like a, a full road trip, which is going to be great. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, but obviously LA, there's no shortage of uh, opportunities to songwrite and co-write and make some real money doing that. And yeah, I mean, I it's not Are you some, moving there for a specific gig or you just... That, that's where your my management are. is based there, and I, I've I've had some success with her on the East Coast, and now I really just want to buckle down and focus on the TV and film stuff out there. I is also Talia have, moving to uh, Mid City. I have a sublet in Mid City. 
No, it is your... Oh, is Tali moving? Yeah. I thought you said, what town are you moving to? <laughs> it did sound like, like that. I What's your address? Yeah, I guess, yeah. I'm going to be visiting you. Social security number. Uh, Tali is not moving. And that's honestly one of the reasons why I'm going is because she's on tour until at least uh, like March or April. Mm-hmm. So, And I have enough saved. I've been living at home. I have my car paid off for the first time. So I'm like, now's the Muzzle. time. You know, thank that's you. Incredible. Yeah. Thanks. So, so if you could have like your dream gig, like what would your dream gig look like? I mean, dream gig is SNL for sure. Hmm. Um, that, but that seems it. That's like saying, "Hey, it'd be cool if I could sprout wings and fly." You know, like that. It seems. I like don't a, think so. I think you're exactly the kind of person that gets on SNL. Thanks. You are a young Jimmy Fallon. That's yeah. Jimmy Fallon is like very much the goal. Goal is to like I'd love to host a variety show. That's right. like that's it's what I'd love to do. Yeah. Because the musical comedy thing is like a big part of my creative identity, and I love talking to people. I love interviewing. I love, you know, performing, doing the dumb stuff. And um, so, yeah, Jimmy Fallon is like a great uh, reference uh, for where I'd like to go. But yeah, SNL, writing for a late night show would be a dream. Anything uh, writing related would be super fun. Yeah, I love him. I think he's so talented. Well, and I feel like the direction is kind of moving in the musical comedy. Like, um the Amber Ruffin show. Have you yeah. seen that? Oh, she's brilliant. She's amazing. And, and she just got renewed, I think. Yes. Yeah. And her songwriting is so hilarious. The parodies that she does and stuff. So good. Just and great. I feel like I could see you moving into that kind of, you know, That's space. exactly, yeah, that's what I'd love to do, to be able to, at least to start, yeah. to get in the doors, to, to like write some parody stuff and some musical comedy for a, a late night show would be a dream, so... And then maybe that could lead to something like SNL. Yeah, I mean, another great show to work for would be... Um, Who's the carpool karaoke guy that I oh, love? James oh, James Corden. James Corden. Yeah. I mean, there, you're right. There is That is happening all over. Yeah. And Jimmy Fallon does a lot of it, too. And he yeah. does the musical impressions and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, the freestyle, Wheel of Freestyle or whatever he does. So, Have you ever seen Jimmy Fallon's thing with Lionel Richie where he sings hello and he's sculpting Lionel Richie's head, but no, it's actually but, Lionel Richie? But I love that. It's so, you have to YouTube it. It's one of the funniest things because he's just like, like basically molding his head and then all of a sudden Lionel Richie turns around and faces the camera and he's like, hello, <laughs> is it me you're looking yeah, for? People go nuts, I'm sure. Where did the, um, how did the jingles start? And and explain how you actually make money, people pay you to to do yeah. personal jingles for them. Such a weird thing that it, it, it happened because of the shutdown because I moved to Palm Beach Gardens with Talia and her family on March 15th maybe. And then the 17th is really when shit, if I remember correctly, around like the 15th, the 17th, that's yeah. when shit hit the fan. And we were like, oh my God, this is, this is a thing. Um, and so, you know, in the, over the past six years in, in New York, I've worked as a dueling piano player and a cover band musician. So live music has been my only source of income in the city. And so when bars shut down, I lost all my work like thousands of other people did. And so immediately I was like, holy shit, I need some way to make money. What am I going to do? Uh, what are the tools in my tool belt that I could use to, to make something happen? And one of the only things that I knew I was good at was writing these these silly little short songs. And so I was like, if I can spread some good vibes in a really scary period of time and make some money doing it, let's go for it. And that's kind of where the idea for these jingles came from. I posted on Instagram on around the 17th, hey, if you give me 20 bucks, I'll write a 60-second song about anything you want. Send it to someone that's feeling terrified or, or down or if you have a birthday that you're missing let me write something for you and i told talia that night when i posted it i said if i can make 200 dollars doing this if i can get 10 orders i'll be happy and i'll be good and the next day i had 76 orders for jingles amazing which is crazy and then wow. that literally booked me my schedule for about three months was wake up write three songs watch love island go to bed wow. and that, that was it <laughs> and that's a lot of work i've had to write comedy uh, for a specific audience, like for someone's birthday or yeah. some special event, it's a lot of work because you need to interview them first and get all the information exactly. and find out what can I joke about. Yeah, like that's I can't imagine doing seventy six of them. Yeah, and now you charge a lot more than twenty dollars. We should make I, I it clear. absolutely do yeah. as well. You should. I actually just uh, paid someone named Stephanie Cohen, who's an amazing website designer, to create a whole new website. So now it's jinglesbytom.com. dot com. And there we go. That exists. So check it out. Check it out. All right, it's time in the remaining uh, minutes that we have to play. Ask me no questions. <laughs> Ask me no questions. Ask me no questions. <laughs> What's the greatest corporate jingle of all time? The greatest corporate Ooh. jingle of all time. Oh my god. Um, 
farmers farmers insurance comes to mind. We are farmers. You know, like that is a good one. I'm going to go old school. Yeah. And say the old Burger King commercials. This is before anyone else in this room was born, but it's hold the pickles, hold the lettuce, special orders don't upset us. All we ask is that you let us have it your way. Have it your way. Jesus. Have it your way. They rhymed lettuce with lettuce. Yes. That's, that's amazing. Also, yeah. uh, I'd like to teach the world to sing. The Coke commercial is a classic. Great. What was the sleep, um, mattress? 1 800 M A T T R E S. That was good. I don't know. For, that but, didn't but, make a huge impact. but yeah. uh, It made a huge impact on, on me. On you. That's all that matters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Who is your greatest musical inspiration? Um, what the fuck is that noise? This, uh, this power washer on the roof. Someone is in the building is really creating a stir. That's how I sound on Saturday mornings. Just, <laughs> just like that. That's your greatest musical inspiration? That's my greatest musical inspiration. Uh, this is going to be the straightest answer of all time, but I think it's John Mayer. I think Ooh. that's probably... Uh, oh. Yeah. This just shows me how young you are. Yeah. Like, I thought you were going to say John Lennon. I <laughs> know. <laughs> well, I, obviously. No, someone 60 years younger, someone John Mayer. John Mayer. What's the uh, creepiest message you've gotten from a fan <laughs> since appearing on Idol, besides the one I sent you? <laughs> uh, the creepiest message? I don't know. Sometimes you just get like a random like, you're so you're so handsome. I wish that we could go to dinner, and, which is just like. Uh, and is it more men or women? It's more women. Oh, that's uh, good. But occasionally, yeah. I mean, occasionally, I'd say it's like 70-30. Has anyone sent you unsolicited nudes? I've never gotten a rando nude. No. Uh, all right. Now that you're on rando this show, yeah, listeners, yeah, do your thing. Nude. Listeners, do your <laughs> listeners. <laughs> listeners, work your magic. Kick it up a notch, guys. Uh, who is your celebrity crush? Celebrity crush. Oh, if man. you had a if you had a hall pass from Talia. If I had a hall. We talk about this sometimes. Um, I have always thought Olivia Munn was uh, mm. very, very attractive. Now, John Mulaney and Olivia Munn, that's Yes, thing. having a baby that's together. A, they're having a baby. Wild. Um, Do you like Mulaney? I love Mulaney. I love him. Um, I mean, you could be friends with that couple and then see where it goes from there. That's, maybe we can start there and then see what it turns into. <laughs> yeah. You never know these He's days. bound to get tired of her sooner or later. Exactly. He dumped the first wife. He sure so. did. So we'll see what happens. Olivia Munn is gorgeous. I yeah. totally, she's, if I were a straight stunning. guy, I could see that would be a good answer. She's also, stunning, John Mulaney, that um, SNL, um, the musical one. Which, which one? He's New done York. several. He's done a couple. New yeah. York, the musical. New York, when he goes and he buys the under, or... Um, that was so in the good. underwear. There's one in the diner. The one that was most recent. I think it was like the weekend of the election. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, he's done a couple. When he's done like three. So great. They're he's, very good. He's one of the best, I yeah. think. He's fantastic. What would be your dream role on Broadway? Dream role on Broadway. Oh man. Um, I've always thought. Uh, I mean, playing Guy and Once on Broadway would be really, really exciting if Once was still running, but. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I think like Dewey Finn in School of Rock would also be super fun. That's not my type, but like I think that that would be yeah. a total blast to do, just because it's such a what high would energy you, role. What would you cast Tom in, Ryan? Ooh, oh my goodness! Um, how to succeed? That could be super fun. Yeah. I could see. Him oh yeah, yeah. Oh. as a Finch, he'd be very good as a Finch. Cool. Yeah. Absolutely. Definitely. Can you hit those high notes? No. <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> Uh, okay, compose a jingle for the Adam Sank show on the spot. Okay, here we go. Adam, Adam Sank, Adam, Adam Sank, Adam, Adam, what you think of Adam Sank? Oh, Adam Sank. Yes, that was incredible. Amazing. And Ryan was dancing along. He was back up dancing. There you go. Tom, what do you have coming up that, I mean, I know you're about to move, but I'm what do you have coming up that fans can see you in online or uh, in person? So, yeah, I guess by the time this comes out, it will have uh, came and went, but I, I'm playing a show with my creative uh, Broadway world, named him my onstage husband, Nate Hopkins. We're doing a one-hour parody show at the Duplex this Wednesday. How uh, fun. Nine, nine, seconds, so that'll be fun. And you um, were just at Feinstein. Feinstein's, yeah, we right? had uh, 54 Below this past Sunday. Um just an absolute ripper of a time. I'm sad that you're moving. I know. I know. I will be back. I guarantee it. I actually tell you what, something I can promo. I have a mini tour at a couple different city winery locations in the first week in December. So the New York date will be December 5th. 
8 p.m. at City Winery. We'll How can people get these dates and follow you online and send you naked pictures? And send me uh, send me your nudes on Instagram, at TomMcGovern27. That's the best way to stay in touch and m- most active there. Also, at TomMcGovern27 on TikTok, on Twitter, however you choose. Thank you know. so much for doing the show. Don't forget us when you get big oh, and I'll famous. Stop it. Yes. Thank you for having me. Thank Thanks you, Ryan so and JB. Tune in next week to hear a brand new ass. Our guest will be go-go dancer Chris Harder, one of our favorites. Subscribe to this podcast at dnrstudios.com. Don't forget to order your ass merch at adamsank.com. Follow me, me, on Twitter and Insta at adamsank, TikTok, adamsankofficial. Follow, follow Ryan Frosting on Instagram. Follow JB at stockinganarchy12. Email me your dick pics at adam, adamsank.com. <laughs> Have a great week, bitches. Bye. Bye. Bye.